0: Uh, welcome back to the Paperless Federalist. I'm Justin, and I'm Kerry. All right, and we are back here with um, Federalist Paper number twenty-seven. Um, and Kerry, as always, is our summarizer in chief. Uh, Kerry, you want to take it away and uh, give us a quick rundown of uh, Paper number twenty-seven?
1: Yes, I do. I uh, I actually have long. I actually have bullet points prepared tonight, so no. I'm gonna let the bullets fly. Okay, um,
0: I've got a whole bag of rocks. To read it through. all right
1: well so. I'm glad you brought your rocks there <laughs> when you're gonna need some filler in any case because it's a pretty uh, short paper but uh, just to spice it up a little bit um, as I got into this and in reading this one I think I can give a summary in such a way that it can launch a thousand conspiracy theories oh good so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now and if you don't feel like you're ready to start your own uh, militia movement, anti-government militia movement, by the time you're done with this. And then, then <laughs> I failed, quite frankly. So, 27. <laughs> Same subject continued. It's another Hamilton paper. And once again, we're getting uh, into the issue of military power. Who should have it? How it should be exercised? Mm-hmm. So, basically, Hamilton's arguing that you know people who are against the Constitution, the haters who are against the Constitution... They argue that you have to have military force to enforce the kind of government that exists under the Constitution, because, as the anti-federalists say, the folks, the people are going to resist federal authority. But Hamilton says, if government is good, people are going to like it more. And federal government, as we've covered in last in in previous papers, federal government is going to have all the best people, and all the best people are going to run the federal government better than state governments. And he, he gives some reasons why, but we don't really need to go at it in the summary. But in any case, because it's going to have the best people and it's going to be run better, people are going to like it more. And no reasonable person could deny that the federal government is going to be more good than state governments. But bad people in bad factions, they're just going to be bad, and they're going to try to resist good government. But the federal government is going to have more power to stop the bad factions in states that are making the states be bad. <laughs> so they're going to the federal government's good at stopping the badness. Under the Constitution, the people are going to do more cool and fun governments with the federal. They're going to do more cool and fun things with the federal governments than what they're used to doing with the Conf, the Articles of Confederacy federal government, and that's going to make them happy and comfortable with the federal government. Because they're going to be doing so many happy and fun things with the federal government that they're going to be really happy and comfortable with it, and they're going to see how ridiculous it's going to be to oppose the federal government. So, under the Constitution, the people are going to be so happy with the federal government. There's not going to be a need to use force, because when you when you have to use force with the federal government under the Articles of Confederation of the Articles of Confederation. Because it's just just distant and creepy government. Only comes around to borrow money from you. Doesn't ever do anything good for you. But you don't want to give it any money because it's this distant and creepy organization. So it's just got to use force to take your money. But under the Constitution, the federal government's going to work through the states. So it's basically just like they're a friend of a friend. Not some creepy stranger that comes around that you don't know that's asking for you to give them some money. Um, Finally... Under the Constitution, the law of the federal government and the Constitution is going to be supreme. So everybody's already going to start on the same page and doing the same thing. So it's basically just like a, a rotary car club writ large or something. They're all going to be having like songs you're singing together, and you're going to be doing uh, building playgrounds and stuff. So all the goodness, all good people know that they want to help the, the federal government. And the bad people who are anti-government, Federal government's going to be really good at crushing them. So that's it. Are you ready to join my militia now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was born ready. Um, So let's stop. uh, Start at the top. Once again, you have to love Hamilton's method of of arguing because he spends Mm -hmm. the first page and a half here, and he says, "Hey, you know, all those anti-federalists they they talk about. uh, They've got this uh, sort of unfounded uh, belief that." The federal government uh, will just run roughshod over everybody, but they don't give any reasons why uh, they're making that assumption um, that people would reject federal power. And as a result of that rejection, the federal government would have to use its its armies to enforce its laws. I mean, uh, it's
1: obviously because they're bad people in bad factions.
0: Well, before we get to the factions, though, he, he, he makes and says, you know, the anti-federalists are are make this assumption and they don't support it. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, it's baseless. And immediately, I immediately jump to, and I'm going to start off with a pop culture reference right off the bat. Um, and and you would think I'm this like rabid Star Wars fan uh, because I constantly, no, constantly no. make Star Wars references.
1: Not
0: so. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a fan, but I'm I'm by no means a rabid fan.
1: <laughs>
0: You're not a super fan. I am not a super fan. Uh, I'm sort of I float in the periphery. Um, okay. And. But we all know the scene of uh, where uh, Obi-Wan in Episode 4 um, is taking young Luke Skywalker and the Obi-Wan and, uh, and C-3PO and R2-D2, and they get stopped by the Stormtroopers. And he simply waves his hand and says, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for. And I the feel like Hamilton started trick. this. Huh? Yeah. The Jedi it's mind. The Jedi mind. Yeah. And I feel like Hamilton starts his paper off by saying, you know, as opposed to actually maybe addressing in substance the Arguments from the, fed- the anti-federalists. He just simply says, "This is not the argument you're looking for. They're making assumptions <laughs> and they're baseless. Uh, we're just going to move on." <laughs>
1: but, I mean, Did I really- not tell you last last episode <laughs> that his article, his argument basically boils down to, "Hey, good people are going to like good government, and only bad people are going to want bad government." Well, that's what it boils down to.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to come back to that because I've got some thoughts on that too. Uh, but but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his next. That's his next uh, sort of thesis here, is uh, the state legislature. Because this is something we talked about previously, uh, on, in, in case maybe people are just joining us and they don't really r- maybe realize this, when the Constitution was first written, um, the state legislatures picked the senators for the U.S. Congress. They yes. were not elected by a popular election like they are now. Uh, I believe it was the Seventeenth Amendment that changed that. But don't quote me; I, I might be wrong. But it was a later constitutional amendment that changed how U.S. senators were elected uh, to the I'm Congress. Start you left right and center U.S. Congress. But <laughs> what I what I almost laughed out loud was this idea that yeah. Hamilton says, in the cockeyed optimist that he is, says, "Hey, you know, those uh, state legislatures will be staffed by these wonderfully uh, elected men um, who who will be the best uh, people." And then the, from there, they will choose even better people to mm-hmm. to, uh, of to to staff the United States Senate. Um, and as
1: a result, and don't you feel like part of his argument implicitly is, well, all the best people are going to be with the federal government. Yeah, because I'm going to be with the federal government. <laughs> and I'm the best people. But don't but, worry, I'm going to be in charge, so everything's going to be fine. Everything's
0: gonna be good. Yeah, but the but the the best part is is that this idea that because State legislatures are involved in the selection of the U.S. senators. That the factions will not be able to work their evil misdeeds uh, on that process, and you'll mm-hmm. come out with this wonderful body of enlightened individuals who only work for the betterment yeah. of the United States citizen and the government.
1: The patriotic <laughs> philosopher kings,
0: you know, like the mm-hmm. like
1: all those who currently govern. Oh, the national well, government, you know,
0: um, <laughs> and and how factions have no, uh, you know, um, <laughs> play no part in state legislatures. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. So um, from there, he goes on with an even better uh, argument, and I say that in quotes. Um, and he he says that uh, his his general thought is that the more familiar people are with the federal government, it won't be this this distant unknown thing and Mm -hmm. and that then the federal government will become respected and attached Mm -hmm. to the individual communities within the states and then the people will basically fall in love with their federal government and as a result the federal government would not need to use force to get the people to follow the federal laws that are passed by the federal government because they will all be invested personally in the federal government and they'll love their federal government which and- is a
1: really nice way of saying we're going to bribe the heck out of them. We're going to buy <laughs> them all off. We're going to give them so much stuff to pay for their loyalty that they won't dare rebel against the federal government. And what's funny is, he, you know, he was being very sincere about that uh, yeah. when he became the Treasury Secretary. One of the main ways he consolidated federal power is uh, he had the national government uh, take on all the state debt. Mm-hmm. And so. That tied the states ever more closely than the national government. Yeah. So he was, you know, he was just, he was true to his word. Hey, you, but, know, you who, know who made out with that, that deal? That as, you know, well, you know, it's you painted this good thing that, that everyone's going to be uh, sucking up to the federal government uh-huh. because they're going to be dependent on it.
0: Yeah. And uh, I don't forget what I was Which Some people might.
1: It was a positive.
0: Yeah. So um, one distinction, though, he does draw that, I mean, to not get too far off into uh, casting stones yet, um, and you allude to this in your summary, is that Hamilton points out that under the Articles of Confederation, you know, the, the federal government did not have the ability to enact laws that were directly affect and, and, and d- apply directly to individual citizens. The and. laws were only applicable to the states. And now, under the Constitution, because the laws would be directly applicable to the individuals, um, it would result in uh, increased stability and essentially greater peace throughout the Union um, because the federal government, again, would have this uh, direct connection uh, to the individual citizens.
1: Which, again, is a polite way of saying... That the federal government can afford to just ignore whatever the heck that the state governments want. It, well, And all of these things he's saying, they have a flip side to each and every one of them. Which, and that's one of the things I find yeah. interesting about the paper.
0: Yeah. And, and he alludes to the Supremacy Clause um, here in this paper as well. And he says, you know, to the extent that uh, um, the federal government is going to pass something that a state might have some interest in, the federal mm-hmm. government would trump it. Um, so...
1: And again, it's it, it's not even it's it's the it's the unitary power. I think he is the biggest fan of the fact of mm-hmm. in those er, in those areas uh, that are going to be reserved to the federal government, which are going to be a lot more than what's under the Articles of Federation. Yeah, everybody's going to ha- share the same policy. Everyone's going to share the same authority, and so there won't be any squabbling because the states aren't going to have any power to squabble with the federal government because they're going to have no role whatsoever on, mm-hmm. on those specific issues.
0: So. Um, where do we go from here then?
1: Well, I mean, I just good
0: people like good yeah. government, bad people like bad government. That's the that's the. Well, take I on. mean,
1: that's the facetious way of, of yeah. putting it, frankly. But, uh, uh you know, well,
0: uh, well, then current day America must be full, staffed of terrible people, per Hamilton, because consistently, um, you know, the American people are polled, and we, regardless of faction, um, affiliation, you you know, uniformly the polls of our approval. Or our opinion of our federal government is very, very low. So mm-hmm. it seems to be our current sense is that we consistently think likes federal their own. government.
1: Their own, everyone likes their own. Federal government is
0: terrible, and that we continue to elect federal governments
1: that are terrible. So
0: <laughs> by by <laughs> Hamilton's logic, we're we're government. we're we're full of people that are bad. Then,
1: <laughs> but you can flip it on that. You can flip it on the on, on the other side yeah. there too, and say that. You know, Despite those opinion polls, um, nobody's really taken steps, really concrete or definite steps, to try to uh, to get away from the federal government. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, you know, even when people strongly disagree with the position of the federal government at a pic- particular time, it's less about the fact that they hate fe- having a federal government and a supreme authority yeah. than they just don't like what the other side has. I mean I think one of the most – the best examples and uh, most famous examples in history is in the Civil War. You know, one mm-hmm. of the, you know, uh, there's a lot of debate about what caused the Civil War, and a lot you know, of you always uh, bring the Civil War up. It's like it's like you think say the Civil War was with important, states' rights, and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, I'm you know, yeah. the irony of it is that right up until Lincoln was elected, yeah, the 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 South and pro-Southern presidents controlled the federal government, and that's why we had things like the Fugitive Slaves Act where northern states had to return slaves. Um, the South only su- soured on the federal government when someone who disagreed with them was elected and they didn't have control anymore. Um, so again, you know, is it about people don't like having a federal government at all, or they don't like when the federal government disagrees with them because it's so powerful?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I mean, I completely agree with you, so I don't really have a whole lot to retort against
1: that. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, one of the things I think we can break down here, I, I right, sort right of skim, skimmed past it in my summary at the beginning, is he sort of just offered some conclusory logic at the beginning yeah. of, well, he does he a slippery slope the federal government's gonna have the best people and the best people are gonna govern in the best way and they're gonna govern in the best way so people are gonna like it the best. It's like, boom, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. And you just are supposed to accept all three of those at face value. So, you know, starting at the very beginning, you know, where does he get this idea that the federal government is gonna have all the best people? I mean, this was something he explored, and I can't remember which one offhand, Hmm. one in one of his private papers. Um, and if I recall correctly – Oh,
0: yeah. No, it's been know, a running theme actually in several with this kind of oh, I, I, yeah. idea that yeah. the philosopher kings will all just be noble and and staff the federal government.
1: Yeah, and if I – so if I can remember correctly and let me know if, you, if you're – if I'm misremembering or if you want to add to this list, I think that his reasoning essentially broke down to, well, people of like large vision are going to gravitate to the federal government because the federal government is going to take care of the the biggest issues mm-hmm. foreign trade interstate commerce nationwide concerns and so like large minded people who want to deal with big issues rather than just like local stuff are going to go to the federal government so their mindset is naturally going to be anti you know factional and more you know in favor of all people and so i think that's one of the reasons he gave mm-hmm. I can't remember if he gave the reason or if it was just something I'm reading between the lines, but sort of analyzing Hamilton's mindset, I think someone like him would gravitate to the federal government just because the federal government has a higher level of power and opportunity. You know, if you are a national senator as opposed to a state senator, you are a lot more powerful because you affect you know much larger scale issues. and so that's the biggest two I thought of. Any yeah. other things you can remember, or you no. think that might be true?
0: Uh, okay, not not off the top of my head. No.
1: Okay. And again, maybe part of that was the fact that he was writing in a period that was before poli- party politics really existed in a in a mm-hmm. in, in extreme you know in any real fashion. And so, well, I, at the time the Constitution was created, it was everyone thought the big debates at the time were all going to be. State versus federal, you mm-hmm. know, federalists versus anti-federalists, and didn't you know? And and once the Constitution was finalized and adopted, very quickly it was not, you know, the the lines were along different uh, axes. You know, yeah. it wasn't state versus federal power; it was what how people felt about different issues.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I guess I don't know Hamilton well enough to be able to say whether or not he to what level he viewed. Political parties as factions as dangerous. I do think Madison saw it as a real threat to anything that they created, and I think that's why his his efforts was really t- really to compartmentalize and divide power as much as he as much as he thought he could. Because um, mm-hmm. Hamilton, the way when he writes here in these papers, seems to kind of constantly just sort of say, "Oh well, the best people are here, so factions aren't really going to be a problem," because everyone's going to yeah. be. Regar- yeah. You
1: know. But I have to say, regardless of the, fa- I mean, I agree. I I agree with you that. You know they—they they always thought that factions was going to play a role, and so it seemed to me that sometimes they took the line of factions are going to be good because they're going to cancel each other out, mm-hmm. and people are going to have webs of factions that you know they're going to keep a balance of of power. At yeah. other times, they thought that factions were potentially ruinous if you know one or two of the factions became dominant. But by that same token, then. I'm surprised that even if they didn't anticipate party politics as we know it today, they didn't, just based on general knowledge of how politics works in a democracy, anticipate that if for the reason that people want to be in the federal government is it has so much power and the most ambitious people want to be there, in order to get there you know, and stay in power, you know, keep power in the Senate, keep power in the, of mm-hmm. the presidency, then as modern candidates have explored – you just need to get the bare majority. You don't have to get a consensus. You don't have to get a supermajority, and so you can play that numbers game yeah. of figuring, out, okay, what's the bare minimum of number of people I need to keep happy to get power, and how how do I play my cards to get to make this that number of people happy? Ignore everyone else and stay in power. You know, because yes, there's one avenue where you have this utopia mm-hmm. where you you have candidates for federal power who were just again these broad-minded philosopher kings and everyone knows that they are basically saints on earth and so of course they keep electing the power but um well no it's not just that at
0: least with hamilton when he writes about these guys Mm -hmm. it's they're not seeking power for power's sake and they wouldn't ever hold office just for the purpose of holding power You, you know and 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 while at office, their actions wouldn't be guided towards trying to maintain or retain their power or increase their power. They'd have these, um, I can't think of the word, um, altruistic motivations at all times. Yeah. You know, and that's
1: what Hamilton you know, thought. I'm surprised he didn't consider the alternative that there would be people who would be the opposite of that. Well, it's it not forget, just, this is a sales of power pitch. Will do whatever right? they can to keep it. this I
0: mean, these papers are a sales pitch. So, you know. Uh, maybe he did consider it, but he didn't put it in these papers, I guess is what I would say, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, from, for just looking at these papers, he comes across as, uh, you know, saying, hey, look, this is not even going to be a problem because we're always just going to have these wonderful people that do wonderful things. Um, mm-hmm. And did he, in a larger and, you know, private conversations or in other writings, consider I, I mean, I haven't read those enough to know be able to know, uh, you know. But as far as just to get to remember, the context of these papers is to sell people on the idea of, this document ratification which is the constitution and so he's putting things in the best light um
1: i just think it's you know. funny that on one hand he openly acknowledges from the get-go that there's bad people and bad factions who are going to get in the way of good government generally yeah um and you know throughout the federalist papers he identifies those identifies those people as generally anti-federalists mm-hmm. but he at the same time well, he admits that there's almost naturally going to be bad people who are going to get in the way of good government, he d- he seems to think that none of them are going to be people who are going to hold federal power. It's only the yeah. good people who are going to be in control of the federal government. Why and maybe it was true then because yeah. he anticipated, well, if we win this constitutional thing, yeah. of course all the people who are going to be in power are the supporters of the Constitution mm-hmm. who are going to be all the people picked. But that, that doesn't get you very far out before you've got yeah. other issues. Yeah. Besides just you know, pro-constitution or anti-constitution. I mean, moving on to the next link in the chain. Okay. So hypothetically, you've got all the good people who are going to be flocking to federal government and do, mm-hmm. and spreading their goodness, but it doesn't necessarily follow that good people are going to govern better. I mean, they'll govern in a less corrupt way, but you know, there's a term that you know, the term Machiavellian. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean ba- someone who's bad at running things. It just means someone who doesn't take morality into their considerations. Um, and uh, you know, to uh, mention another, to take us down a different pop culture road, sure. and to stay current with 2019 and and what's going on in the media world. Uh, in the you know in the in the Game of Thrones world, you have a family, the Starks. Who famously oh, are
0: Potent- potential spoilers for anybody who's Game of Thrones fans? But go ahead. Oh,
1: I mean, it, <laughs> it, it shouldn't be. This this doesn't go out to. This is not recent. This is not limited. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, you know, you you have a you have a group in there the the Stark family who famously is known to be you know noble and good, but they're just so darn noble and good that they constantly uh, end up um, on the bottom of the pile and tricked and. Losing out on a lot of things because Mm -hmm. they just never consider treachery or breaking the word or anything. Yeah. Um. And more contemporary and more and a more direct example though to the times that Hamilton was living in is the the very thing he's you know kicking dirt on the entire time in all his Federalist Papers, the Articles of Confederation. I mean, a lot of the people who, who who drafted the Articles of Confederation and ran the government that resulted from it were the exact same people. I mean, not exactly the same, but there was a high degree of overlap. Yeah. who wrote the constitution. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think he would argue that they were suddenly changed from bad people to good people when they, you know, within a few years time, well, the same good people that drafted this marvelous document the constitution were the same people who worked on this failed document the articles of well, confederation. Keep,
0: keep in mind two things. In the last paper, Hamilton pointed out and said, "Hey, look, when, we, when they hammered out the Articles of Confederation, you know, obviously some mistakes were made because they weren't necessarily thinking of the broader picture. They just won it's a true. war. And so they didn't consider everything that needed to be considered. Um, mm-hmm. And so he kind of addresses things in that context. Also, don't forget that they didn't come there to write the Constitution. They came there to amend the Articles of Confederation. And the delegates, just sort of in secret, got in the room and said, you know, instead of amending this thing, we're drafting a whole new form of government, <laughs> okay? And exactly. and, yeah. and they chucked it out the window. So um, you know that was not their purpose for when they met. Uh, it was it was, or at least that was not the charge that they were sent there to go and do. Um, so yeah, I mean, you
1: know. part of doing good, of course, is correcting past mistakes. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that mistakes were made, <laughs> mistakes yeah. were made, and if they could make the mistakes in, in drafting a governing document then I think they could just as easily make a mistake in the operation of government. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as people got tired and frustrated, uh, tired of and frustrated with the of confederation, I think that these all these good people would occasionally make missteps that would cause the people to get tired and frustrated with them. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think there's instances in an early American government where uh, that certainly occurred. You know, the, uh, you know, directly relevant to to Hamilton would be his own uh, the the whiskey rebellion that he brought on, where yeah. quite a few people were happy with unhappy with what I'm sure he considered his best of intentions to support the federal government. Mm-hmm. The tax, yeah, the tax on yeah. whiskey distilleries and whatnot. So, um, and then we get to the third the third link in the chain, which is. Okay, you got the best people, and they're running government better because they're the best people, and so of course, the um, the the general populace is going to love them better, love the federal government better because it's going to be good, and only bad people are going to be against the federal government, and I think that's also debatable, because <laughs> good people can disagree all yeah, the time. Of course, watch you know watch your average. Uh, You know, we're coming up on a national primary season, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, we had last time I think one party had 16 candidates. looks like this time the uh, other party is going to have at least, you know, around 10 candidates or so. And you're going to have a lot of people who, and for the most part, probably share 80% of their beliefs and they're going to viciously disagree with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, again, the third chain, I think has some weaknesses in it, in that people could think, oh, these are good people but still think they're doing the exact wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I, I think he's... I think Hamilton's built a, a chain of three links. With they have the, Each of the three links is a pretty weak link, in my opinion. Because I think that's the chain that binds this entire paper together, that slippery slope proposition that the best people are going to be in federal government They're going to run the federal government better. Good people are going to like it better. And only bad people are going to be against it. And I think each one of those propositions is not as easy of a conclusion as he makes it seem.
0: Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. No, I – yeah, I completely agree. Um, Sorry. I don't know that.
1: (laughs) I thought I you hit a bag of rocks. I would. No, I, I know. am only, as you know, as you know, I'm generally uh, a very, uh, I'm usually a rock thrower, but I'm being very conciliatory. I, I, I'm being very, uh, I'm trying to put a set of rock targets for you. I'm not seeing, <laughs> I'm not seeing the rocks fly.
0: Man, all right. Let me, let me try to regroup. I guess. Um, I guess you know. I'll just throw one large rock. Okay.
1: That's a boulder at me.
0: All right. I'll talk to a boulder. And and generally what I'll say is that I found the entire paper hard to swallow. Okay. Yeah. The idea that factions wouldn't be affecting state legislatures, that the state legislatures would only pick the most pristine and altruistic people and that those altruistic people would go and only work for altruistic means and and to altruistic means, you know, um, at the national level. Uh and that and that the average citizen that the more government the federal government became involved on an individual basis in -hmm. people's lives, that people would then love their government that much more and become more familiar with it and therefore more likely to just uh obey the federal power. That whole (laughs) thesis that's your key word, yeah. That whole thesis is just so ridiculous. It, yeah. it, it, I'm going to take Hamilton. You know what? I'm going to start. I'm going to use Hamilton's own beginning method of argument against him. Now, it's it's uh-huh. almost not worth response. Like is where I'm at. You know, like where he starts off talking about well, the anti feathers make this assumption, but they don't really give any good reasons for it. So I'm yeah. not even going to address it. Like he he's got this theory, and you know he just says this is how it's going to be. And yeah. okay, okay, sure, yeah, great, okay. You know, like <laughs> I, I've got nothing really to say to it too much because it's just so hard to swallow. At least I guess for for me, given in the, the life, the, in the time frame that we live control. in, it's so hard to swallow. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Be
1: controlled by the federal government by no, their interactions with it.
0: No, last time I checked, a lot of people in this country do not want to be controlled by the federal government.
1: <laughs> okay. Those are just the people who are aware. Those are just the people who. Have got their shelters, their fallout shelters set up. They're the preppers. They know what's hey. up.
0: <laughs> Luck favors the I'm prepared gonna, mind, sir. Okay. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna have to. I'm gonna have to change in my rock colors. I'm gonna. Ch- I'm gonna pick up the red rocks now. Okay. I'm gonna start ch- chucking them at you, because here's the thing. I think this part where the people were gonna be, uh, they're going to be basically uh, hypnotized by the federal government uh-huh. and the love of it. That, I think that's the strongest part of this paper. Because uh, no, wait, that was on. a that was a fear of the more conservative founding fathers from the beginning. I think that's one of the things that really inspired them to limit the popular vote to you know just like landholders mm-hmm. um, and a very you know small group of landholders. You had know, to be relatively wealthy. Is because I can't remember which one of them said it, but I think it was one of the founding fathers who said something to the effect of you know, God help us if the people figure out. You know what democracy is all about, because they'll just start voting money to themselves.
0: You know, they'll basically
1: <laughs> just drain the federal coffers to, you know, give themselves cash and the live. Yeah, up all that wealth will be
0: spread over a lot of people, as opposed to just a select few, is what they're worried about.
1: Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's why I think. That's why I said this is going to make you join a militia, is because his strongest point basically is okay. What the federal government's going to do is we're going to tie everyone to all these. Federal programs and federal administrative things that they're, they're not going to be able to get away even if they wanted to. And I think on that, well, that, um, you that know, is, if that, you were the yeah. type who were going to use this as a foundation for setting up your own anti government movement, this is the paper you pick because you say, oh, look. look, it's like, you know, what's Medicaid? What's unemployment insurance? You know, what's uh, Medicaid for all? What's universal yeah. health care? You know, it's like, You know those are things where if you start getting them you know hands off my medicaid you like it you know you want it yeah you know there's no or medicare sorry medicare you know it's like who's giving that out it's the federal government
0: you you wouldn't dare
1: rebel against the federal government because then you're going to lose your federal benefits and your federal money name the last time am i sounding paranoid enough for you yet wait wait hold on. (laughs)
0: name name the last time any congress took federal benefits away from the people of the country they wouldn't because that's how you
1: control them
0: and no well the all that's everybody loves their federal benefits you know Mm -hmm. like and and you want to upset the electorate take something away from them
1: that's right that's the thing (laughs) is that's that's the the hand of hamilton from the grave increasing mm -hmm. the federal power because once you give it out, you can't take it back because everyone won't let it go back. Yeah. And the more the, the firm hand, the 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 tyrannical hand the federal government grips every person in America. And they can't, that's Hamilton's point. That's Hamilton's yeah. point is that we we're we not going to need to use military power to suppress the people. Their own desire for material goods and our money and our, our benefits is going to Mean we don't have to crush them; they'll enslave themselves. You can almost see okay, it here, yeah. all right, Darth That's, Hamilton himself yeah. laughing Darth Hamilton. from his grave. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, here you know what? Okay, um, that makes me think of another better thing. So, is
1: the Death Star. That's what I'm wait. saying. It's controlling <laughs> all of America. <laughs> no, you it's know, all what? all in fear. We don't. Wait. they don't need star destroyers. They just have that symbol that can. You know, they can better, abolish better the better. like the Galactic ah. it they have the medicare star
0: i'll give you i i'll give you a a, a different example from the medicare star okay
1: (laughs) okay
0: all right one that is um pop culture reference time okay um all right all right and and, and semi-spoiler in case anybody has not yet seen captain
1: america winter soldier have you i mean it's not a spoiler it's been out for years so okay yeah so that's what i'm saying i mean they have the right to complain
0: yeah at this point that movie is like seven or eight years old so all right so Uh, The main thesis, you know, the big reveal in that movie is that uh, Hydra is still alive, you know, alive and well uh, within S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, the scientist, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, He's it basically explains to Captain America that, you know, Hydra tried to take people's freedoms from them and they revolted. And then they figured out that if you cause enough panic and insecurity in the world, people will run to government and give their freedoms over in exchange for protection. And so that's, and that's what their, their big thought thesis was. So along those lines,
1: huh? And that's paper 27.
0: Yeah. So along those lines here, uh, with what you were saying, you know, if, if, uh, people become per Hamilton, uh, become more affectionate toward their federal government and more familiar with it, uh, and they, and they love it more, um, Mm -hmm. on that fear of something someday, somewhere bad, something will happen. I need protection. I need to make sure I'm safe. I will, uh, turn over my, Individual liberties and not care that there's a domestic spy program and you know not you know you
1: need the federal government,
0: huh? I mean, yeah.
1: you need it. You know, look at look at something like let me let me continue. Something to, bad might happen somewhere. To, so to suck you yeah. in with my dark conspiracies. All right, go ahead. Look look at FEMA. <laughs> you know, back in the days,
0: and those guys helping hurricane victims. Ah,
1: You'd have a bunch of pilgrims. You'd <laughs> have their uh, pilgrim town knocked down by a hurricane or an earthquake, and yeah. They just lift themselves up by their buckle straps or whatever. They'd raise some new barns. They'd get the community together. And Bootstraps. they would be rugged individualists. But now, a little thing like having your city leveled by a flood, and everybody's like, oh, <laughs> we need the federal government to come in with FEMA. We can't rebuild our entire city on our own. You know, people have gotten soft. They can't rebuild their own cities. Yeah. I mean, how ridiculous is that? I know. I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, pilgrims wouldn't be saying that. You wouldn't have pilgrims asking to have helicopters fly in. They wouldn't know what helicopters were.
0: No, but you they know what they, you know what covered. those pilgrims would know is that they, had, they had a hammer lock on uh, being self sustaining.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if they did, they would have to sharpen it. They would have to re- repair it constantly because iron is not good at maintaining a hard edge. So they would have their their iron hammers would not last long, but. I did promise at the end of the last episode I was going to regale you with uh, how Oscar Wilde and I agree that uh, people aren't necessarily happiest with good government and regale unhappiest answer. with bad government. And I'm not going to do that because it actually wasn't Oscar Wilde who said it. I was going to try to be clever. But I, I wasted a lot of time trying to find the quote I was thinking of. And when he end I found it. It was uh, – Walt, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who actually said it, <laughs> it was saying, I believe, actually he, what he said was that people do not deserve good writing because they are so happy with bad. I think something similar
0: <laughs> could be said
1: of government in that maybe not everybody's happy, but uh, it does seem like it's pretty e- it can be pretty easy for people uh, on the same team as the government to be made fairly happy with bad government. And so it doesn't seem to be so much a correlation of good versus bad government as to what makes people happy. But much like a team sport, if it's your team, you'll give them the benefit of the doubt and be happy. If it's not your team, you're going to give them the opposite of the benefit of the doubt and assume that everything they do is sinister and beyond the pale, regardless of what the evidence will Mm -hmm. tell you. Um, so, I'm going to invo- invoke the authority of Ralph Waldo Emerson to say that uh, I don't think the correlation between the goodness of government and the happiness of people towards it are necessarily in line. That's my closing thought. What's your <laughs> closing thought? Yeah, I think we've handled the, the paper yeah. generally. Yeah. I haven't looked ahead to paper 20, 28. I don't know. I'm not sure if we're going out of the military sphere yet or not. If we're not, I've got some good, a good, another. Just as I, I like to leave a teaser, I guess. So last okay. time I gave a teaser, I was going to be talking about uh, Oscar Wilde, and I was blatantly lying to everyone. So, <laughs> um, so are you going
0: to lie this time and be
1: accurate, or, or no, are you? No, I've got a much. I've, you know, I, I feel like uh, I've really enjoyed talking conspiracies in this paper, it's conspiracies and militias and, and dark secrets and plans and schemes. So I feel like in episode 28 the teaser I'm going to do is I'm going to blow your mind because I'm going to dr- I'm going to connect the dots that I think that I'm going to be the first one to connect them between the similarities between Alexander Hamilton, Foghorn Leghorn and Rick Sanchez of Rick and Morty fame. In point of fact, (laughs) I'm going to be arguing that they're essentially the same person.
0: Has anybody ever seen them all in the same room together?
1: I have not. Okay, see, there you go. (laughs) Think about it. Alexander Hamilton lives and dies. Mm -hmm. Foghorn Leghorn lives in, well, he may not have died, but he's died out of pop culture. true. And all of a sudden, after Foghorn Leghorn stops to be a major character we're all talking about and seeing, this Rick Sanchez guy comes up, and now people are talking about him like he's the next big thing. Mm-hmm. More than coincidence, in my book. Don't, but I, I, don't I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil yeah. it. I'm going to save that to the next episode. Okay. The Alexander Hamilton, Foghorn Leghorn, Rick Sanchez connection.
0: All right. So on that note, uh, I do one other one other uh, uh, programming note, if you will. Um, you and I had talked about previously about having a both, when we first started this a couple years ago maybe uh, here and there doing extra bonus episodes on topics we thought were were important or more relevant um, and so I think I don't remember. and then you'd mentioned one recently uh, <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> um, well it happened okay
1: <laughs> maybe in your version of reality your you know, Paper so, 27 version of reality. Well, on a, on, a note, I, on a side note, on a side note. Let's same I accept this this fantasy version of, your, of reality argue window. Okay. What would you be planning then, sir?
0: Okay, well, uh, we were going to do an episode on just generally on executive power uh, and, and the highlight um, and do a quick breakdown of the different papers where you could go to to look at executive power uh, and where It's talked about in these papers, and then also maybe expand a little broader into um, some more, since the ratification of the Constitution, uh, examples of expansion or uh, denial of executive power. Um,
1: Oh, so like emergency powers. Yes. One could call it that. (laughs) Do we get one of those flying discs that the emperor asked for emergency powers in uh, Uh, episode two? episode 3 i believe isn't I mean, it 3 no it's 2 i guess i think it was 2 i want a flying disc is what i'm saying you want a flying disc yeah um
0: i will, i will see what see what i can come up with you know on a on a on a side note when you're talking about alternate realities um i read a, uh, an article one time that talked about how none of us are actually living in the same reality because the amount of time it takes for light to move from one object to the next and then be go through the eye and perceived by the brain uh, we're mm. all we're all technically living slightly in different sequences in time from each other due to our perceptions of reality <laughs> so
1: because light takes time different amounts of time to get to each and, of and us for, where we stand and where we stand
0: yeah physically and for, the, for our brains to process what we're seeing and then react to it yeah
1: you <laughs> sir will probably have made a lot of people that I interact with on a daily basis very uncomfortable cuz now I'm going to be standing way inside their personal space otherwise <laughs> i'll feel like we're not living in the same, same and i'm reality. say well i have heard that if i get too far from you we're living in a different reality so <laughs> blame my co-host justin for this this what you're experiencing right now
0: there you go so uh <laughs> anyways i don't know how all that relates to anything but um thanks for joining us uh On uh, episode twenty-seven or paper fairless paper number twenty-seven here on the paperless fairless, and uh, we'll see you next time. Paper. And what did you say?
1: Conspiracy.
0: The conspiracy paper, and you know we'll see we'll see what the next episode is. It could be fairless paper number twenty-eight. It could be emergency powers. I mean, we might need to do an emergency episode.
1: Um, Won't know until you get there. So. Yeah. If nothing else, you're gonna get the. You're gonna get something. Sanchez Hamilton conspiracy. I promise you.
0: Oh, I that is, I'm looking forward to that one. So
1: you should. You should.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right.
1: Bye. See you in 28. Bye bye.